Up and Adam in the morning. Live here. Crash 92.5. In studio, he's the uh, co-founder of Mind Body. He is a Substack contributor. He's also a friend of Up and Adam in the morning. Blake Beltram is in studio. What is up, my man? Good to see you. My name's Blake, and I'm crushing on Up and Adam in the morning. <laughs> I love it, dude. <laughs> How have you been? How's your week going? I've been good. You know, life is always presenting uh, interesting know. challenges and changes and evolutions. But all in all, man, I know. You know, I'm doing really well. Good. I'm, and congratulations to you, by the you. way. Thank you very much. That's really sweet of you. What an exciting story, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of love. I'm a big fan of romance, and I'm really happy for you guys. Yeah, it was cool. It was really a special day, and we've just been like riding on cloud nine after the engagement and stuff, and it was, it was a really special day. I saw pictures from the pool at Hearst Castle. Did yeah, we- so that's what we ended up doing. So I, I, we went to Hearst Castle. And, um, from working with the foundation and stuff, we were able to, uh, and God bless, uh, you know, the, the folks there and the executive director there. He's like, you know, it's kind of like an act of Congress to get anything done at Hearst Castle. Gotta but be. they, they let me drive my car up, which was huge. And then, so then we went to this little, like, private place. I love, I love Hearst Castle, by the way. I had since I was a little boy before I even lived here. And there's this thing called, uh, there's a place called A House, uh, Casa Del Mar. It's one of his guest houses. And right outside of it, it's like, the rolling hills and then the ocean. And it's just, I've done a dinner there a few years back. I did a cork dork show there with Sunset Magazine. And I've always just loved this little piece of the, the castle right outside A House. So we were able to go there, brought a little speaker, some champagne. I hit it all and, and you know, had a couple little fibs to be like, Oh, I'm bringing the champagne for, for Michael or I'm doing this for that. And then she had no idea. No. What was the cover story? No. In fact, here's a funny story. So. The ring was in a little, like a thin, it was, you know, like when you get a ring, like I got a big box, right? But if you're going to like ask or on the go or you're going to keep it in your pocket, they give you like a little thin line box that's not very fancy, you know? So I had that and I had a cardboard sheath over it for like 45, 50 minutes the day of. I had changed my pants and I left that, my wallet and my phone on the bed. I walked the dog, did all kinds of stuff, and then I realized, oh my God, the <laughs> ring is on the bed. I blew this whole thing. And then I, um, she saw it, but she just thought it looked like a, maybe like a piece, like a, maybe like it holds a wire to my drone or something. She literally just thought it was just some of Adam's dumb electrical equipment and didn't even look at it or open it or touch it. So, whew, okay, so I didn't even know that till later. So then we uh, go up there and then, um, I propose, and then we go and swim in the pool. What was the cover story? Like, wh- uh, well, there was a, um, so I'll volunteer for them, and they'll do swims there for, like, donors and stuff. Have you swam in that pool before? Yeah. Yeah, I swam in there, yeah. I swam in there in June, actually. I was going to do the proposal in June uh, after I hosted the Twilight on the Terrace event with them, and she had to go to Utah for her nephew's graduation, so it totally just got, like, like it just went up in smoke. That's like a bucket list item for me. What about the swimming in the pool? Swimming yeah. in the pool is like the cool. And now you can do it for like, I mean, I know it's not cheap, but it's like, I think like a thousand bucks. They have these swims. It is so worth it. It is so worth it. Um, but I, I, I literally volunteer for the organization just so once a year I can just dip my, my body in that pool. You ever get to swim in that indoor pool? I did about twice. Really? Yeah, the indoor pool is badass. Yeah, it's pretty, it's incredible. I almost just ran and jumped in it the last time. I know, I right? You just want to. You just yeah. like, I'm, it's worth getting arrested and the fine. I thought about you just, it. I know. I you just want to like feel your submergence into that. Well, a thousand dollars would be cheaper than bail. So right, you know. yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I think that's what the foundation <laughs> probably you know figured out. And um, the 
people, I've been working with the foundation for a long time, but the, the new guard, I mean, they're just, they're really using the, the castle in very respectful ways, but also in ways to like, hey, we need to raise the money. Because you can't be up there with a toothpick fixing like this Spanish ceiling. I mean, this is a state park, you know, and it earns more than any state park, probably all the state parks combined. Yeah, I mean, Hearst Castle is just a state park, and it's got the same budget. And and that's the thing is like you put all this money into the state parks coffers. Um, Hearst Castle doesn't get more than another one just because it's Hearst Castle. Right. So uh, that's why the foundation for Hearst Castle is so. Important and I love them. I will always serve them. Yeah, what an epic place to get engaged. I know it was really, it was really cool. Can't I can't even. Better than that. Yeah, it was awesome. And then swimming in the pool was dope. So yeah, thank you so much for, for saying that. Do you have a date? We don't yet. We're thinking because she's got family in Maine. Everything you know because of COVID got like pushed into twenty two, and then like there's such an overwhelming like spillage that like some stuff's getting pushed into twenty three. We're like, God, to get everyone from Maine here and stuff, should we just do it in 24, like yeah. spring of 24? So we don't know. It'll be 23 or 24. Well, I mean, I'm a card-carrying minister, dude, so, you know. Oh, really? Know. See, you would do a, see, you would be a great I've officiant. Married, I've married a couple of people, yeah. Are you like that Unitarian, like, internet church? I did Yeah, that. it's that, it's that. Yeah, church. pull that it mic up a little you, bit more. It takes, you about 15, it takes you about 15 minutes to go online. Yeah, I did, before, yeah. I did it too. I did it too. Universal actually, Church of Life. I yeah, there you go. Yeah. I married a lady I fancy's sister. Ah, during COVID, uh-huh. I got the little 15 minutes, did the, the thing, wow. and then I went up to uh, Tahoe to marry her sister and her So you've husband. officiated a couple of times. Just well. once. Oh, just once. It was, I literally got the, uh, the if you want to call it, credentials yeah. uh, just for that wedding. But yeah. I could. I mean, I could do it again. Yeah, I've done a couple of those. Yeah, the, I, I imagine it, it's probably fun. It's probably pretty. Yeah, I was a theater major, you know, yeah. in college and an actor and stuff like that. So I, I, I love doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you would do good at that. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll... Uh, Maybe I'll have hey, to tap yeah, for that. Yeah, hit me up. I'd love to marry you guys. <laughs> hey, I am so. Um, one thing I love about you is that you're, you're you're a really independent thinker, and these days people are so ideologically programmed almost. Where there's so many people on my feed, where if a new story comes out in the newspaper, I could go, I know exactly what this person's exactly, going to say about yeah. that. And yeah. I think there's some there's there's nothing more boring about a person if I already know what you're going to think exactly. about something. Yeah. So the fact that this student loan thing came up and the fact I don't find it a political conversation. I don't think this needs to be a left or right yeah. Republican or Democrat conversation. But of course it is. Of course of it's course got just it like is, COVID. Yeah. COVID never yeah. needed to be a left or right or Republican Democrat thing, but of course it did. Yeah. Um because I don't really subscribe to my beliefs in that way either. But I was so curious to hear yeah. what you thought yeah. about the student loan forgiveness. Well, it's I think it's really fascinating. I mean, my take on it is, is now a good time for this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, shoot, we're like in this big inflationary kind of Inflation's space. out of control. You know, I think I paid like $7 a gallon to fill my tank up the last time. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not an economist, but apparently the more money you print, the higher you drive inflation. Well, it's the reason why we're here. Right. And yeah. so to say, you know, hey, let's print another half a trillion dollars or a third of a trillion dollars. Is now a good time? That's my first question. Is like you said, I, I just look at pragmatics. Yeah. And uh, is now a good time for this? And and it it is interesting to me that Biden's poll numbers are completely in the toilet. He's got a lot of problems. Yeah. There's a midterm election coming up. And, and I wonder if that's why these things are happening. These are, there's got to be moves, I'm, right? I've become so cynical. I, I mean, know. I, I just imagine on all, this, sides, yeah. all of this stuff being agenda-driven on both sides. You yeah, know, yeah, I just yeah. imagine people sitting in a room going, wow, look at these abysmal poll numbers. What can we do? Uh-huh. You know, and whiteboarding it out. Like, uh, you know, well, here's an idea. How about if we, you know, you said during the election you would pay off student loans. 
Um, but I do think that the premise of it is a good thing. I mean, I'm all for helping students out. I'm all for helping those that have debt. But but to just come in and like sit like write a check for you know a third of a trillion dollars. For people that are making up to one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year, by the way. Well, that's the thing. Did like, I miss something? No. I didn't. I didn't know one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year was considered poor. I know. Or median. I, I was like, um, it just—it boggles my mind that we're going to take someone who makes one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars and let perhaps uh, low and middle-class people pay off that loan. And then I thought there are some folks who got out, look, whether you didn't get student loans out because you couldn't afford college or whatever, and you went into a vocation. I mean, I left college to get in the workforce, you know, and then, but lady I fancy, uh, she went to a four-year school and this will actually help her some. So she's, you know, uh, obviously like, well, I'm I'm stoked. Now I'm marrying her, so I'm taking on her debt, so I'm stoked in that respect. But then you look at people who, you know, took out a, a loan and then decided to pay it off. Right. And those people are just suckers now. Yeah, I hear a lot of outcry about that. What about all these? I don't know. I think if you are going to do something like this, there's just going to be a point where you're going to piss a lot of people off. Sure. I'm not sure that can be avoided. Yeah. I'm more interested in looking at the pragmatics of it. Is it a good idea? It doesn't seem like a sustainable long-term idea for no. one thing. What, gr- well, what are you going to do? Well, are you going to do this every five years? That's a great point, and that's what I was thinking. And the article I read this morning was saying in 10 years, we're going to be back in the same place. Are you going to do it course. again? Of course. And then you got to do it. And then it, it doesn't fix the problem because if the problem is predatory lending on young men and women or if the problem is this kind of like Ponzi scheme that student loans have almost become the way like subprime mortgages did in the in 08, are, are, what does this do to solve the problem? It does yeah. nothing. This is my overarching. doesn't even take on the problem. Exactly. Well, that's my overarching view on the whole thing. It's like a lot of things we see now is we, we, we I don't see our leaders and our government taking a sustainable view on things. I don't, it seems like if you were running the country, you know, if I were running the country, I'd want to get the smartest people together in a room and come up with a plan. Yeah. It's not just a today plan, but that's a 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 year plan, you know, and like, let's whiteboard this thing out and then let's execute something. But I don't see those kinds of things. What I see is, uh, you know, like I said, I'm cynical. I see low poll numbers and what can we do? And hey, let's drop, uh, let's print another half a trillion dollars and see if we can get our poll numbers up. I yeah. mean, I, unfortunately, I think that's more what this amounts to. Yeah. And I think there is a good sentiment behind it for sure. But I think if you wanted to do something more sustainable, it might be more like, um, like part of the proposal that I read was something about a percentage of one's income has to go toward your student loans. I think that's a pretty fair way to do it. Mm-hmm. So if someone's unemployed or they're underemployed, you know, you don't bleed them out with their student loan payment, you know. Um, but if somebody's making 125000 a year, then maybe, yeah, they do have to pay 5% or 7% or something like that of their income toward their student loan. And then what? maybe there's forgiveness based on based on age. I, I, I well, thought... Yeah. Yeah. I saw the breakdown by age and I thought, boy, you know, you know, once you hit 40, it's like, you know what, maybe the college thing didn't work out. So, well. yeah, well, I think a lot of folks ended up and this is a whole conversation on higher education and making so many people in the 50s, like maybe 9 percent of people went to college. 80s, it was like 20 something percent. 90s, it was like 30 something. Percent. So it's all it's going up yeah. and up and up. And we're I mean, do, do you need a four year degree to be 
a secretary somewhere. You need to take out right. tens of thousands of dollars in student loans to do. Now, if you're going to be a, a lawyer, a doctor, or this, but if you want to maybe own your own electrician company, maybe you need to go to school for that. Or if you want to be your own plumber, maybe you go to vocational uh, education for that, and then you start your business. I don't know. This idea of like everyone needs a four-year degree just to have um, a, a sustainable life that's proven yeah. not to be true. So many people are coming out with underwater basket weaving bachelors and they're, they're not fulfilling what they wanted to do with their majors and, and they're just kind of like, okay, right. what's this piece of paperwork? Well, you look at people like Mr. Beast, the number one YouTuber who oh was like a, a dr college dropout. Totally. You know? Instead of going to college, he was sitting in the parking lot, like working on his YouTube video. Yeah. And look at him now. He's, he's killing. Um, yeah. It's a whole different economy. But here's, here's, if you, if you want to look at this holistically, here's what's really sad, Adam, is when you look at the, a new Gallup poll just came up about worker satisfaction and disengagement. It's, again, at an all-time high. There's mm. something like 19% of people, according to this Gallup poll, are totally miserable in their jobs. Wow. 60% of them or better, 70% of them are unengaged. There's only about a third, 20 to 30% of the workforce that's actually engaged in their job. And a small slice of them that report being happy. There's an overwhelming amount of stress. Unrest. So this is what's interesting, too. When you look at this holistically, it's like, yeah, we're going to help you get through college, pay off your college debt so that you can go and be unengaged and miserable right. in the workforce. Yeah, with, uh, with a, a job that might not have anything to do with your degree yeah, at all. Yeah. We're going to come back. we got Blake Beltram here. I want to talk to I sent you an article about this school. I think it's in Missouri. who's actually bringing back spanking, spanking. which I was like, what? Oh. Also, I think you're going to the FPAC Loading Dog Party. We'll talk to you about that and more. Blake Beltram is up and Adam in the morning. You're up and Adam in the morning. In studio, my friend Blake Beltram, he is up and Adam in the morning. What is up, my man? How are you? My name's Blake, and I'm crushing on up and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> You've got that. Every time I answer my phone now, I just say that, no I matter like, what well, time of day or night it is. Well, that's good. You're going to win some big <laughs> Amy and Jamie's gift certificates <laughs> if you do it between 8 and 9. So, were you spanked as a kid? Uh I, well, oddly, yes, I was at I was home, too. at home a little bit by my dad with the belt. Oh, yeah. And I'd get the occasional head thump with, I think it was his thumb. It was always behind me. So I couldn't tell what he was hitting me with. Yeah. He didn't have a weapon and it always hurt like hell. Yeah. I think it was like his thumb knuckle or something. Yeah. I'd get a little, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get that? Like a thump in no, the back I of that? I definitely got spanked. And then we had this bread, um, a breadboard that hung it had a little like rooster on it so it looked like it was all a part of like americana kitchen right decoration right but it would come off the place it hung on a little leather strap Ooh. and then that was my paddle mom or dad mom was worse than dad no kidding yeah mom was worse than dad uh, if i got the, i got the belt here and there maybe got slapped across the face for something i did maybe a handful of times in my life, but never like beat, never yeah. like physically yeah. beat or anything. Never like, but man, I got that paddle. Yeah. And I hit, you know, my mom like would it. chase me with a spatula. Occasionally. She smacked me with a spatula once or twice. Damn. And then I hit that age where she couldn't catch me. Sure. You know, and then she would end up just laughing and putting the spatula down. Yeah. Place. You do get to an age where you're just like, this isn't working anymore. Yeah. She slapped me across the face once. Yeah. And I deserved it. Yeah. I called my sister a name. Oh, I think wow. I was in fourth grade, and I called my sister a really mean name, uh -huh. and my mom slapped me across the face. The one and only time she did it, uh -huh. and in retrospect, I don't know. I think it, maybe it was a good call. Yeah, because it really taught me respect. Yeah, for you know, for for women and and just for well, people in general. It's funny we talk about spanking, and I was actually talking about it with Lady I Fancy as you know we got engaged. We're talking about different tenants that we have. Wait, 
you just talked about spanking and getting engaged, Adam. Where are what? you taking this? Com- where are I'm you like, taking this would conversation? We, would we spank our kids? And although I was spanked as a kid, and although I imagine the times I was, I deserved it. Yeah. And I look back, I don't, I don't consider myself a, a, a physically abused kid. Yeah. I don't think I would be. I mean, no, I don't. I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't spank my kids. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm like. I think that's our generation. It's Maybe. like we got spanked, but we but we don't spank. Yeah, and I and I so I wouldn't do that. Having kids, I would figure out another way. Now yeah. that doesn't I, mean that if if your kid reaches for a hot stove. You're not gonna slap that hand. Right, I mean, it's almost right. like a mama line in it with a baby line. Like you know, you grab the line and you rip it away yeah. from the the, the yeah. danger. But no, as far as like corporal punishment, like you go in your room, pull your pants down, and I'm going to spank your butt. It's so weird about the it, whole concept. I to me know. Now, you know, I spanked my daughter once. She's 16. Yeah. I, I spanked in her lifetime. Yeah. You know, one time I think she was about seven or eight years old, and it was kind of similar. She said something really mean to her mother. Really, really mean. And it like was something the, they just have to know we will not tolerate. Yeah, it was the one and only time yeah. that I gave her a swat. And it wasn't, you know, sure. it was nothing too horrific. But yeah, yeah I no, I could, but we I did get spanked at school. At school? Oh, you yeah. Did? Yeah. Yeah. I was wow. I, I was born in Oregon. And so up and through. through what does the, that mean? Is Oregon, is that known for I don't know. <laughs> but all I know is when we moved to Southern California, I never saw this. Like, what pa- do I know about Oregon? No state taxes. Oh, yeah. And they spanked the hell out of well, you in school. <laughs> I was a small town. It was more like a redneck town. So maybe spanking was more popular in, the, wow. in those small towns. I, I mean, that was before Internet. And ca- even Oh, for sure. Know. So so I think things were probably a little bit more isolated. I hear this like in private like catholic schools the right. ruler right oh I yeah know. oh yeah ruler on the knuckles yeah Ooh. i talked to a friend of mine this morning who grew up in venezuela and i asked him did you guys get pat and he was like oh yeah yeah Damn. and he said he still he still like feels like anger over it and well, sure. that he was emotionally scarred by it. so what would they do at school and what would earn you a quote spanking at school that's what's weird is it was always dependent on the you know the mood and temperament yeah. of the teacher so that's weird and that's why it's really weird because sure. some of those teachers are not the kind of no. not not the, there's some great teachers exactly teachers made made a huge huge difference in my life me too and there's a small handful of them that i would not want to give the authority to power totally trip agree. on my kids with Absolutely. physical abuse. Yeah. And I think there were times where I was, you know, I was at the business end of that paddle just because of a control issue Ugh. maybe with a teacher. But I don't know. I was I was the class clown. Or I, so was I. I, know. I, well, I was I talked a lot. If you and I were in the same class, who do you think would have been the bigger clown? I don't know, but I would argue me, maybe. <laughs> I would argue that too. <laughs> you would? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I was more like a sniper. I would like throw in that one little joke here or there. Yeah. I would always do things that disrupt the class. So in Oregon, you know, at that time, you know, they'd take you out in the hallway. There was a witness, you know, they'd take you out in the hallway and they'd have this big ass paddle with like holes drilled in it Whoa. so that it would hurt more. I guess yeah. so they could get a little bit more of yeah, a be no draft. momentum on it. Yeah. And, no they, and you would have to like literally bend over and like grab your ankles. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly. Can you imagine if this was happening? Well, I mean, this article is talking about in Missouri, classes started Monday for the 1900 students in uh, Cassville uh, School District, about an hour from Branson, and the families were notified that the school board had adopted a policy in June, the use of physical force as a method of correcting students' behavior. Parents were handed forms to specify whether they authorized the school to use a paddle on their child. Wow. Wow. See, right there. I mean, now you're creating two classes of kids. Yeah. Thank God they're asking the parents.
difference. Yeah. But then again, it's like now you've got those that can be and those that can't be yeah. spanked. And the staff members will employ, quote, reasonable physical force without a, quote, chance of bodily injury or harm in the presence of a witness. So it's at least it's better than Oregon. <laughs> I would argue with that on its premise. <laughs> I know. It's going to harm me if you smack right. me with a paddle. Yeah. And if it's not, what's the point? There's no sense also, of doing it, so of course it's going to harm you. Doing it in your house is one thing, but do you remember like getting scolded when you had a friend over? Like, oh, that was so embarrassing. Yeah. To do it at school, I feel like that's just tra- oh going to be trauma on these kids. I just, I can't imagine. It's, you know, but I read that in, uh, they left this up to the states. I guess in 1977, there was some Supreme Court decision that left this up to the states. Yeah. And apparently, technically, it's still legal in 19 states. Wow. So it never really went away, uh-huh. um, but I don't know if that's the kind of law that's maybe it's there, but no one actually right. uses it. So this school in Missouri is like bringing it back. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this might be part of the backlash of, of 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 the left movement. You know, I think because the left movement has gone so far to the left, it's like you're going to start seeing these kind of backlash things. Like let's bring back the good old days of paddling. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know that we need that. I don't, there's got to be other ways. Your school should, I mean, if anyone, I mean, look, I don't have kids, but I just can't imagine, like, in here, like, a, giving permission to, you know, Mr. Simpkins to just wail no. off. Uh, it just makes no sense. Why to me. wouldn't you do that at home? I yeah. mean, if that's something you're going to do at home. Yeah, right. Wouldn't you want to be the authority in that? And, the, and then the teacher talks to you and like, hey, I think your kid needs a good paddling yeah. uh-huh. for X, Y, and Z. And then you take care of that. Right. Home. But to take the kid out, at least they have a witness and they have to have, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But paddling was something that was so, getting the paddle was something that was so, I think, a, a mainstay if you grew up in the 80s. I mean, you're probably a little bit before me, but just yeah. by a little. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it's something like, again, I look back on and go, yeah, whatever, I probably deserved it. I don't really look at it as, like, abuse, but, no, I wouldn't be doing that to yeah. my kid at all. I mean, to try to be the man in the middle here and kind of look at the other side. I know. I mean, there is the part of me kind of going, well... I mean, what's the net net result of uh-huh. something like that? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I know there's a lot of a lot of psychologists and people would say it's it's traumatizing. It's not good. Sure. It doesn't benefit. It teaches um, on the surface that violence, a violent act, is the solution to a problem. Right. So I exactly. Think that, and, that's, that's, and it's not because for so uh, for so many other lessons in our kids, we're trying to tell them that's not the case. Right. Like I literally went into karate. Because I was getting, like, bullied, and then my mom wanted me to stand up for myself and not be a baby. But I learned, like, the only thing you ever use this knowledge of martial arts for is to defend yourself. Right. Like, and it, you will walk away from a fight at every possible chance. Right. You will walk away from a fight, right. even though the fact that you know how to defend yourself, right. even though you might be angry. And that's, it's worked in my life. Like, right. knowing, knowing how to defend myself, I mean, I've only had to ever do something like, just a small number of times, it's always been in defense and or defense of like one time was like a woman in Hawaii. And, but it's like it's all it's always been like just complete. You're never the aggressor. Right. Aggression is never the answer. Right. right. Fighting is never I mean, the answer. The flip side of that as a parent is that uh, there are times where you need to come down hard. You need to draw boundaries and lines. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's, it's animal nature. It's human nature. Right? Sure. So how does I mean, I guess the flip side of this question is. How does a school or a teacher adequately deal with somebody who's out of control? Right. Like a line drawn. What, what, what is what it? What can okay? they do? Yeah. Trap doors. Trap doors. <laughs> and alligators? Yeah, yeah. There goes Aiden. <laughs> Boom. 
Down to the alligators. You're up and at him in the morning. Up and at him in the morning. The Crush 92.5. <laughs> yeah, we got Blake Beltram. It's up and at him in the morning. The Crush 92.5. 8.52 in studio. Blake Beltram is up and at him in the morning. It's great to have you here, my friend. Great to be here. Always great to be here. I love talking to you. Happy Friday. Happy uh, any Friday. big plans for the weekend or what? Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go check out the, uh, loading dock party. Loading dock party. Have you been to this before? Never been to it. Uh, I don't really know what to expect. It's incredible. It is? Yeah. So they literally take, you know, what's by all accounts, just a bland concrete jungle of the loading dock behind the performing arts center. Right. Oh, picture like the back loading dock of like a grocery store. It's just ramps and platforms, right? right? And they transform it into something magical. It's unbelievable. You have drinks and i got my friends from tin city distillery bixby gin to donate booze sidecar my friends are going to come they're going to mix it all up make great cocktails they got great food we got you know aerialists over here it's all about the performing arts right right uh, we got a dj dancing it's just fun so there's kind of like a cirque de soleil vibe going yeah on there's a like vintage, a greatest showman vibe going yes on. a vintage circus theme in fact um a dana who is on the committee and works at cal Poly, she's awesome she was literally in Hollywood the other day coming up with props and pieces of the set from The Greatest Showman. Wow. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. Am I supposed to wear a top hat? What's the You can. What's some, the attire for? I have some people ask me this. They go, "Should I dress in theme?" And I I think some people are I'm not going to be like a ringmaster per se, but I'm going to I don't know. I don't I'll probably have a hat that I won't put on because I have nice hair. And then a cane. <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I know some people, Suzanne was like, should I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dress in the theme. So I don't know. What uh, do you, you have any theme like? I was thinking jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I, that's why I came here. So it's I like can kinda, ask you, what am I supposed it's to It's like cocktail attire, kind of. It is? Yeah, a little cocktail-y, but it, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't you should dress up. A little I should, bit. I should yeah. get the good shoes out. Yeah, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a tux. You are wearing a tux. I bet I'm hosting it, and I'm hosting the gala inside on stage before. So prior to the loading dock party, okay, um, there is a gala that they would do biannually. I okay, that's why it said after party, and yeah. I was like, after what? And why? How come I'm not invited to that? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there might be still tickets to the gala. I don't know, but so there's a gala. Yeah, that's for the foundation for the Performing what Arts time Center. Does that start. Like five five thirty, and that is another thing. Like so, I it's like I mean, it's like a day drinking event. Yeah, it's so just, there's going to be people. Like, oh, it's going to be incredible. Like we got Zoo to You coming there, you know, like wild animals. It's going to be nuts. I have um, I've sat on a few committees, and I work with a few different organizations. But this one, you can like, and I only came in here. Small, quick story. So uh, there was a boy on my show, Kiko, fourth grade. He's calling my show since he was in fourth grade. Now he's. You know, in the Navy, and he's out. But he's been calling my show since he was a kid. And we followed him on the air from getting bullied and called gay to this to that. And we just put his life on the air, and people just love Kiko. When he was a senior in high school, he um, got, you know, single mom situation, Santa Maria, just like really you know, tried his hardest. Uh, he was playing saxophone in this in the band, got musician of the year, and was bummed that he had to give up his saxophone at the end of the year because he couldn't afford his own. So listeners put in a GoFundMe, and we, uh, along with the help of the Foundation of the Performing Arts Center, who that's when I met them, Leanne, who was the executive director at the time, comes to me and says, hey, I want to fulfill, wherever your GoFundMe is, looks like you got a few thousand bucks, I want to fulfill it. I put on like the best saxophone the money could buy. Wow. It's like a five, $6,000 wow. sax. And we got it from, thanks to the folks at FPAC. Cool. So it was just a really great moment. And then from then on, I've had a really soft part of my heart for FPAC and the work they do. But this committee, like, you will just, you will be in a committee meeting with people. You'll be talking and dreaming up stuff. And, like, they literally make it 
happen where you see with their eyeballs. It's like so you're going to be blown away. Sounds like my kind of people. Yeah, really great committee. Yeah, we should get you on the committee maybe next year. It's awesome. It's they're great people and um, folks who are going. You should actually text me the word party. I got one more pair of tickets left for this. Nine zero three nineteen seventy four. So we're saying all these amazing things. Somebody can win a pair of tickets, but they're sold out. It's sold out. It's sold out. Yeah, okay, at the now, beginning of the now's season. when we should auction off a pair of tickets. Yeah, let's auction. Yeah, <laughs> starting a bid like a thousand dollars or something. Now that we've talked it all up, and if you don't have tickets, you can't go. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can text the word "party" to me. I'll put. I got this up in Adam in the morning guest list. We'll put uh, one more pair. Of, on there. They uh, text the word party to you. Yeah, 903-1974, yeah. And then it'll come up on my thing. And Is that the year you were born, 1974? Uh, no. <laughs> I was going to say God bless you thinking it was like way later, but no, that's way earlier, Blake. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't do the math. Quickly. That's okay. Um, so yeah, dre- dress up a little bit, but you don't have to go crazy theme okay. or anything. Yeah, I'll dress up a little bit. I'll get the good shoes out. There you go. Yeah. I've got a suit, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know if it still fits. I'm on a thir- three-day juice cleanse. So oh, are you? Hopefully the suit will fit. So what's the juice cleanse about? You're just drinking all, all juice? Yeah, this is my third day of drinking nothing but juice. How is, how is that even possible? Are you uh, eating it? You're not eating? You're fasting? No, I haven't eaten. Yeah, I've, all I've had is like like 14 juices in the last two days. Well, well, how, how does that work? <laughs> you just, are, are you like miserable right now? No, no, I'm actually fine. I'm actually fine. Yeah, I was a little hungry the first day. I started to get a little bit hungry last night. But every time I get hungry, I just chug another juice. And some of them have, you know, a lot of calories in them. So it's from the neighborhood. Can I say that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's the neighborhood juice bar. So they have, like, juice cleanses. And I just picked one of those and bought three days worth. Is this an expensive endeavor? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like 70 bucks a day. I mean, when you consider how much you pay for food. No, sure. It's not that much. So So there's there's things in that juice that will sustain you. and That's what they told me. What are your bathroom visits like? Are they just like, I mean, we're being more on the radio, obviously, but like, is this tough? Is this, oh, here's the thing. Well, the stand, I hear cleanses the, are very tough. The standing visits are a lot because I'm drinking juice. Okay. <laughs> but I mean like, okay, because you've always heard these cleanses are just horrible. Like the, the, the experience outside of things is horrible. I'm such a weird, I'm, a, I'm like this weird digital person when I decide to do something. That's just what I'm doing. Yeah, you dive I in. I did not suffer through it that much. Like yeah. I've been doing cryotherapy as well. How is that? I love it. I love it. I heard it's really good for you. Oh, yeah. You step inside like this freezer and it's like a negative 170 degrees or something like that. So this is different than like the ice bath. It is. Yeah. I've actually been doing the Wim Hof thing this whole year. Shut up. And I've been doing the breathing stuff daily and then and then the ice bath. But I don't have an ice bath. So I've been doing cold showers. And then I started doing cryo since I don't have access to an ice bath. But cryo is amazing. Is cryo and ice bath like virtually the same? Mm, I don't think so. Really? Yeah, because for one thing in cryo, you're stepping all the way in. Yeah. At, at Slowco Wellness, they have like the whole tank that you step in. Your, your face too. Yeah, your whole body. Oh my God. Yeah. And you're just like in there in your underwear and some like booties and gloves. Yeah. And a little headband to keep your ears from freezing off. And Oh my God, because they will. They'll freeze off, won't they? Yeah, your extremities get. Oh like, my I God. I forgot gloves a couple of days ago and I'm like knocking on the door to ask the girl like to hand me the gloves. Oh my gosh. started to like fall off but um yeah i think it's like a negative 170 i might have that wrong. How long there's a wind there? chill thing um i do three and a half minutes there's like four settings so you can start at the lowest setting and then work your way up and then do you get out you're just like oh my god give me a heater give me a towel give me a no it's weird you step it's a relief when you step out for sure uh, yeah. you just feel invigorated what do you do when you're inside do you just panic I personally do like a meditation thing. I do like my Wim Hof breathing before, uh-huh. and they have headphones, so you can actually pick out whatever song you want. Okay, you headphones in there, so some people just like rock out to distract themselves. Sure, but I actually do my Wim Hof breathing, and then I do like a, a meditative. Okay, you know, I want to. I want to try this. Do it. Yeah. Oh, you got to do it. You want to go with me today? Uh, today, first one's free. 
Uh, maybe I'll try it today. <laughs> I got a few things to do today, but I, I think I could try it today. That sounds. I definitely want to try this though. It takes like th four minutes. That's the beauty of it. Like I, I go in there now that I'm like a member there. I just go in there and like the whole endeavor is five minutes. Wow. You know, because it's only three and a half in the tank. And you All can right. Pop in and pop out, and they said that you lose that it's the equivalent of burning like 800 calories. Oh, like, shut up. Spinning. You lose weight. Yeah, that's what, waiting there? that's what they say is it, it like activates your system and your increases your metabolism and apparently it has the same impact as activate my system, bro. Uh, so you you take cold showers too? I do. Yeah. The whole shower or just the end no, of it? No, at the end, at the end. How much of it? Um, I'll do like a couple of minutes. All I did the, way the Wim Hof thing with that too where you start off with 15 seconds and you work all the way up to like 3 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like holding your breath. No, no, you not just, that. No, I gotta go. I gotta talk to you off the air about this Wim Hof thing because I'm so. It's it, cool. I'm interested in him. Yeah, and the <sighs> breath, the breath work itself is amazing. There's an app. There's like a Wim Hof app you can download, and it's free to a certain point, and then you pay after that. It's yeah, like freemium model. But yeah, my longest breath hold now is like four minutes. Shut up. Yeah, that's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I literally, if you'd asked me before, I would have thought that if I held my breath for two minutes, it would have been a lot. Right. Like 15. Yeah. And uh, the next thing you know, I was up to three minutes and then just. Oh, like, my gosh. You do it underwater or just above water? No, just above. No. In yeah. fact, yeah, they recommend not doing it anywhere near water because oh. you can actually pass out. Doing oh, oh, well, of course. Of course. Yeah. There's like all kinds of. That's water. what they say. Those. Um, there's a word for that. And the, did you see that thing with the synchronized swimmer? Stupid. No, yeah, <laughs> no. There's a synchronized swimmer that this will happen to people who swim, ah. where they get this like delirium. Oh, they get like hyperventilated, and then they'll just like be underwater doing the thing. All of a sudden, they pass out. Wow! In underwater. Yeah, super I, scary. I heard like a horror story about yeah. a guy who was doing Wim Hof and wanted to see how far he could go underwater in the pool. Not good. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna learn more yeah, about. There's this. all kinds of warnings on there too. So you just sit sit in a comfortable position yeah. and lie down. Sometimes I think I pass out for a few seconds because like. I'll get kind of lightheaded, and all of a sudden, I don't remember the last few seconds. Whoa. <laughs> what a trip. Well, this cryotherapy, some of these things got me really interested. So, anyways, I, lo I love having you in here. It's been so much fun to have you in here. Yeah, great to be in here. I always, I always love hanging out with you, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you a little bit uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, yeah. sidecar loading dock party. If you want to hang out with uh, Blake and I, you can uh, check out the sold-out thing. Uh, t text the word party. Text the word party to us here, 903-1974. You can check out Blake Beltram uh, at Substack. I encourage you to go check out. Uh, Substack's been a great thing. I have a lady I fancy's best friend is a dietitian, and she's really not all that like social media or like internet savvy, which I think is like for a new gal in a new industry where you're just becoming a like you need to you need to get into this. Like, and she's a good writer. I'm like, go write a Substack. Substack's amazing. Yeah, it's like for journalists and right totally. readers can have a direct relationship with the journalist instead of the magazine and the publishers. And yeah. Editors and all it's great. So you, whether you want to contribute to Substack, if you've ever wanted to write, I think check it out. It's free. And then if you've ever wanted to just go read on certain things that you're interested in, it's uh, it's great. So I'm man in the middle. Man in the middle is the name of it? Yeah. Cool. Blake Beltram, uh, he's a Substack contributor, friend of the show. Well, thank you so much, Blake. Love you, brother. Thank you for being up and Adam in the morning, Love sir. Love you too, Adam. Great to see you. Up and Adam in the morning. With Adam Montiel. Weekday mornings, 6 to 10 a.m. The Crush 92.5, the perfect blend.